Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey everyone, welcome to Strong Female Characters, a podcast where every week we assemble like a feminist Voltron to celebrate the badass women in geek culture through unfiltered deep dives into the nerdverse. I'm Cher. <laughs> are you, you are, and I'm creepy. <laughs> I heard myself talking and I was like, oh my God, I still sound so sick. And then I, in my head while I was reading that, I was like thinking how I've been so sick for the past like month and a half. So that's why I paused. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Am I Cher? No, you're Courtney. <laughs> Are we all share? Are we Borg? <laughs> yeah, we are. We're just We're all share. We're just stalt share. Into the share verse. Into the yes. share verse. Anyone strong Yay. female strong female characters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I um let's like let's uh what's going on in the world that's worth uh talking about. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Tired? Television adaptations of comic books. Wired, Prince Robot from Saga appearing in real life delivering actual televisions to people's doorsteps. <laughs> A man in Henrico, Virginia has been captured by doorbell cameras dropping old television sets on people's doorsteps. He is wearing coveralls, but perhaps slightly more noticeably than that, he is wearing a television on his goddamn head. <laughs> Nothing more is known. <laughs> I mean, the story writes itself, really. <laughs> Police are investigating, but like what? What are they investigating? What is the crime? This is opposite stealing. Global News Canada apparently just interviewed dads who said things like they had way too much time on their hands if they had all these TVs and spread them all over the neighborhood. And people are just weird. <laughs> Whereas if they'd interviewed me, I would have been like, he is now my king. <laughs> Somebody called him a cryptid. And I was like, yep, accurate. Yep. <laughs> I have like questions. Is there a picture of this dude? Yeah. Oh, my There's God. Videos. Yes. I need to see it. Hold. Because, like, is it, like, a cardboard No, it's it's like a television. Like a legit, actual TV on his head. He is Prince Robot. Amazing. That is amazing. And and who says cosplay is only for a Comic-Con? No. All the time. This is the best everyday cosplay I've ever heard of. You know it's his way of, like, disrupting facial recognition technology or something. But where did he get all the TVs from? I don't know. Like, I have more questions than I have answers, but I also don't want answers. I know, but I also kind of want, I hope that, like, somehow he can hear this podcast because I want him to be our guest on it. (laughs) I love you, Mr. TV man. Does he, and when he talks, like, does he talk? Or does he, like. He doesn't talk. He's just in the, he's just appearing in the doorbell waving sometimes. the The waving is great. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. He seems so jaunty, too. 
He just seems like he's oh. having a good time. He's just having a grand old time. I wonder if it's heavy. I hope it doesn't hurt. I hope he's okay. I think he's fine. In lots of, re- in lots of ways. I, I feel like he's, he's okay. having a good time. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you give people TVs out of malice. No. I guess, I guess police came and collected the TVs. Why? Well, I don't. I like, think if you live in Henrico, where is this? Virginia. I don't Virginia. know that much else is going on, so the police are available to collect. They're like, TVs. oh damn, we gotta gotta do something about these TVs. All right. Well, there's that. Yeah. Ricky, what do you have? Entertain me because I'm sick and I need to be entertained. That's- All right. So when I was 14, <laughs> <laughs> this is already off to a fantastic start. A friend of mine passed me a well-worn copy of The Eye of the World, which is the first book in Robert Jordan's classic American fantasy series, The Wheel of Time. Now, at that time, there were eight books out in the series, and it would take another decade and a half in which the original author passed away, and they had to find another one to follow his notes for the series to be finished. And then on top of that, another five years for the announcement to come that Amazon was adapting the books into a television series. And, you know, like, I feel like the the Wheel of Time fandom is relatively quiet, but they are legion. Uh, and we've been kind of nervous about everything involved. We've seen what's happened to Game of Thrones fans. Like, so sorry. And we've seen how, like, fantasy series are treated as whitewashed, faux-European setting stand-ins. But yesterday, so not yesterday, yesterday, meaning the 14th of August, the official Wheel of Time Twitter account dropped the casting of the five lead characters and friends. They have cast so many people of color. Like, in a world where if a character's race isn't specifically specified, we tend to default to assuming that they're white. Uh, This is pretty huge news. So welcome to the Wheel of Time family. Joshua Stradowski, Marcus Rutherford, Zoe Robinson, Madeline Madden, and Barney Harris, who is playing my literary husband and absolute favorite trash, reluctant hero, Matt Calvin. Please look forward to me flailing unapologetically every time more news about this series comes to um, light. <laughs> I've never heard of these books. Oh, my God. Is this going to be the <laughs> next thing that you're going to have to sell me on? No, because it's it's like it's so much. <laughs> <laughs> you're this saying that like, like Harry Potter isn't so much. This, this isn't, isn't just no, no, no. seven books. This is. Seven Harry Potter is seven books written that are in a way that are like super easily digestible. These are like seven hundred page tomes of dense text that would take like if I have a friend that I sold them on like a few years ago and he got super into them, which was awesome, but he also had a lot of time to do so. <laughs> I feel like that was kind of shading your friend. No. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I'm celebrating you. Know. You busy you busy minx. Exactly. It's it's something that I think if you have the time to get into, I would say do it, but it is, you know, a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like a lot, a lot. It's a lot of books. But hey, if you have time before they eventually like release the series, go to town. Oh, I really yeah. love them. You're on way too much cold medicine for this year. Uh, I'm on a lot right now. Um, you're, on the, you're on the good stuff. Okay, well, with that, let's. Uh, we're actually going to take a break. But when we come back, 
We're going to introduce you guys our new um, show within a show called Get Wrecked, where two other fangirls contributors, Carly Lane and Kaylee Donaldson, are going to recommend some sci-fi romance reads to you, right? That was a good way of... Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. great. So that's happening after this. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I'm Carly. And I'm Keely. And welcome to Get Wrecked, where your resident romance readers on Team Sci-Fi Fangirls, that's us, dive deep into discussing everything we love in an unapologetically feminist genre. From talking about our favorite tropes, to exciting new releases, to older stories that deserve a spotlight too, we're here to add to your TBR pile one steamy book at a time. (laughs) Well, this is exciting, Keely. This is. We've been doing sci-fi fantasy romance wrecks monthly on the site for a while now uh, and trying to remind people that this is a thing romance is a billion dollar a year industry run almost exclusively by women for women and a hell of a lot of people either ignore that or dismiss that or pretend it has no crossover with any other genre whatsoever especially sci-fi and fantasy but guess what it's actually a very large part of the industry if you've ever read twilight you've read sci-fi fantasy romance right It's out there. It exists. Well, and that's the exciting part is that we've been, if you've been reading sci-fi fangirls, you're a fan of the podcast, strong female characters, you know that we've been doing these monthly roundups, I think for over a year now, if I, if I'm remembering that correctly. About that, yeah. Time flies. (laughs) Time flies when you're loving sexy books. Um, But. (laughs) That's our t-shirt slogan right there. Right. I, and and it's great because I think people don't realize the wealth of goodness and not just steamy goodness, but the wealth of, of greatness that can be found in, even in sci-fi and fantasy books that have a romance, a huge romantic slant. We've, you know, I've written a piece before about the importance of world building in these kinds of genres. And you've talked to romance authors about why they love writing romance kind of in this specific realm of genre, sci-fi fantasy. Sometimes we, we throw in some horror in there too, because we are not shy about talking about monster banging. <laughs> oh, no, if, if I have a brand, if I have a horribly capitalistic brand, it is monster fucking. And I'm proud of that. I, I will let my parents know that. <laughs> Just let your monster fucking flag fly. <laughs> and try saying that five times fast. That's the next t-shirt slogan. <laughs> I know. We're coming up with all these great, all this great merch. I think people don't realize just how wider range of sci-fi fantasy romance there is and just what encapsulates that entire genre and this applies to romance as a whole you can have mm-hmm. paranormal romance and crime themed romance and horror and pure erotica and and so on and within sci-fi fantasy romance you can have steampunk and you can have dystopian and you can have high fantasy and you can have historical alternate retellings and you can have just pure erotica and so on it is such a massive pool of 
ideas and creativity and really testing the boundaries of what you can do with romance. I mean, we joke about the monster fucking, but that delves into so much about ideas of primarily female-centered desire and control and places in society. Romance has always served as a great uh, entry point for that. And I think that's one of the reasons we both love it so much. That and all the sex. <laughs> that and the sex. Um, personally, I came pretty late to romance. I, I have talked about this before, You know, if you follow me on, on Twitter, but it wasn't until after college that I really kind of dove into reading romance more regularly. And it was the kind of thing where you don't realize how much this genre emphasizes female power, the importance of consent, issues that I think feel pretty timeless, but also timely in the same in the same breath. So while we will be restricting our recommendations to sci-fi and fantasy kind of sticking in our wheelhouse, um, Honestly, there's so much that can be found, as you said, in subgenres of all kinds. So, it, but specifically, what we wanted to do for this kind of little intro um, to our recommendations list, if you're not already reading them online, is recommend gateway romances. So, this is the kind of thing where if you've never read a romance before, if you're curious about reading romances, but you have no idea where to start, which is totally understandable because <laughs> there is a wealth uh, out there of options for you to, to choose from. We rounded up a list of some of our favorites um, that I think personally are pretty, pretty addicting. <laughs> um, one of these on my list specifically was the first uh, romance novel that I ever read. And led to me completely devouring the series in very short order. So, and it's still ongoing, but it, if you're looking, if you're have been curious about reading romance novels, but you don't know where to start, we decided to come up with a list of helpful suggestions that could be a jumping off point, maybe related to a specific interest. So like Kaylee said, if you love steampunk, if you love high fantasy and epic world building, if you're into dystopian worlds and kind of like post-apocalyptic uh, societies and how people function and have sex <laughs> in those. Um, there was probably a book on this list for you. And if there isn't, you can come find us on Twitter and we would also probably be more than happy to give you a recommendation. But do you want to start with one of yours first, Kaylee? Sure. One of the things about joining the world of romance is that you find out about the big names and then you go about your back catalogues and realize that there are hundreds of books to read and you can get a little daunted, which was basically my introduction to Nora Roberts, who is the queen of romance and has written, I believe, 230 books the last time I checked. She writes about three or four books a year across every corner of romance, but she's most recently started writing a dystopian fantasy post-apocalyptic romance series called The Chronicles of the One. And the first book in that series is called the. It's called Year One. And I got very into it actually quite recently. It proved to be kind of salve during a dark time for me. Basically, the setup is that it takes place in the first year after this virus wipes out two billion people from the Earth's population. Technology starts to die off along with science. Society goes wild. The remnants of the world are trying to build up something for themselves and then magic also appears it's one of nora roberts most wide-ranging in terms of ambition and scope it's a really fascinating ensemble piece it is unapologetically bleak as you would expect from a post-apocalyptic story where so many people die she is not afraid to kill people off i've seen people describe this as the romance-oriented version of the stand by stephen king if that would hook anybody 
there's currently two, uh, one book in the series out. I don't believe the second is out in the UK yet, but there's going to be a trilogy. She writes very compact trilogies, which are great to jump into if you've no idea where to start with Nora Roberts. But I was really into this one. I think if you want to hit two birds with one stone, if you want to try a sci-fi fantasy romance and you also want an introduction to Nora Roberts, then jump in with your one. I have not read this yet, and I've read a lot of Nora. Um, She's someone I like to refer to as kind of a security blanket author for me. I think her style is just so much of a comfort that I'll pick up any one of her books and you just automatically know what you're going to you're going to be getting. But honestly, I've been curious about this one for a while, so I'm going to have to pick it up because I definitely have seen the second one out here. If you couldn't tell, uh, Kaylee and I are on opposite sides of the (laughs) pond. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm this one's definitely on my list for sure. So I kind of alluded to it before, but this book, my first recommendation, was the very first uh, romance novel that I ever read. It's Slave to Sensation by Nalini Singh, and it's uh, the first book in her Psy Changeling series. It's really fascinating because it's it's a sci-fi but also paranormal romance um, and basically is set in this world ruled by two factions of people. You have the Psy, which is spelled PSY, who are kind of like telepathic Vulcans. They're basically forbidden to have emotion, forbidden to have feelings. They have to keep it all bottled in because any any sign of significant emotion is revealed as a flaw. And if they do show emotion, they're sent to this rehabilitation facility, which is horrifying. And then you have the changelings who are basically the opposite of the psi in every way, shape, and form, not just because they're all basically animal shifters, <laughs> um, but they're a very primal uh, people. So they're very, there's very much a pack structure that they follow with like their, you know, the alphas and their kind of followers. And so in the first book, you have the Psy who is named Sasha meeting the changeling who is Lucas. And it's basically an opposites attract scenario, but it's also a really beautiful love story because it's this woman who has been taught to conceal her emotions for so long, finally opening herself up to love and passion and kind of rejecting the identity that she always grew up with. So uh, I loved it. And I think there's like, I don't know, over 20 books in this series. (laughs) If you don't know what the romance format, typically with a long running series, each book is a different couple, a different pairing. And you and there's usually hints of who the next couple is going to be introduced in the in the first book, and then you kind of get hints later on. Uh, yes, there's 18 books. I was close. <laughs> She's written a lot of novellas too, so that's probably in this series. So that's probably why I thought it was more. But yeah, if you if you're looking for a good uh, jumping off point and a and a solid series, a solid steamy series that has a lot of strong world building, I think the one thing that I loved about the Side Changeling series is that. Even the glimpses you get of this world at the beginning, it it becomes an even bigger world as you read on. And she just dumps more information in with this series the, the further you go. So it's a really fun journey to take as a reader, but also someone new to romance. Like, she's also really good at writing the naughty bits, too. She so. definitely is. Actually, <laughs> I think she's kind of the the ultimate introduction to sci-fi fantasy romance, if that's your thing. Her world building is impeccable. And Mm -hmm. that's also evident in her other series, which is called the Guild Hunter series, which is about vampires and angels, because why not have both? But definitely, if you're even in slightest bit interested in the genre, go for 
the Side Changeling series. And there's 18 books and plenty of novellas. You will not get bored, I promise. You'll probably end up spending a lot of money for that. And we don't apologize for that. No, no. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to give a shout out to the uh, Beyond series by Kit Roka, uh, which is one of the pseudonyms of the Moira Rogers um, writing duo. This is, to put it bluntly, it's dystopian erotica, which is, you'd think wouldn't work. And oh boy, it works. The basic setup in the first book, which is called Beyond Shame, is that after the world has basically fallen apart, there is this very privileged, buttoned-up society called Eden where the, the elites go and live and have everything they've always wanted to but are completely stifled by puritanical ideals. And one woman in this quarter who's called Noelle is basically kicked out and left to live in the remnants of society where she joins a bootlegger criminal gang and then there's lots of sex. That's putting it like <laughs> a big a little childish there. The basic setup of this story is what happens when you don't have to live by these really stifling rules you've been told you need to survive and you get to discover yourself. You get to discover the joys of sex. You get to discover what it's like to be loved by more than one person. What it is like to not feel completely ashamed of yourself when that's what you've spent your whole life dealing with. Um, it's just a wonderful sex positive, very kink heavy erotic series. Very over 18. Uh, we assume you're all over 18 if you're listening to us. It is a very addictive series as well. And the best thing is if you're interested in this one, the first book is free on Amazon Kindle. So you have nothing to lose by taking your risk on this series. And it's also currently, I believe, about 12 books long. Uh, It is really wonderful. And it's a really interesting side of seeing how erotica intersects with the sci-fi fantasy romance genre. I mean, there's the Beyond books. There's the spinoff series that that they were working on. I bought the series that have these bundles on Amazon Kindle where you can get three books in a set and then another three books and literally just, I, I mean, maybe pun intended, <laughs> plowed through them. Um, <laughs> all puns intended. We don't do freezing anymore. <laughs> all, all puns intended. But literally, literally seconding everything Kaylee said. I mean, when I tell you that I read these books probably with one hand over my heart most of the time, but all, not just because of the naughty stuff, because... They're so good at writing like those really angsty, delicious, you know, tension filled scenes. And the conflict, too, is very realistic. People that definitely uh, don't necessarily need anyone to hold their hand (laughs) through a book. If you want something like that's going to maybe punch you in the face so you can thank it for the privilege. These are great books for that. It's a gut punch of a series, but in a way that is just very ultimately very satisfying and also happy endings guaranteed so they are the sort of books that are so full-throated in their emotional intensity but are also the level of hotness where you kind of want to leave the room when other people are there and you're trying to read them right it just doesn't feel like a proper private moment if someone else is there i'm like what are you reading oh that sounds interesting can you tell me more about it no mom i can't (laughs) this is not the kind of almost not the kind of book you want to be reading in public let's just (laughs) let's just put it that way okay so my next recommendation uh I described once as what would happen if the Da Vinci Code, Beauty and the Beast, and Firestarter had a baby and then chucked it into Victorian uh, times. (laughs) And that's Firelight, which is the first book in the Darkest London series by Kristen Callahan. It is a trilogy, as, as far as I know. No, it is more than a trilogy. It is seven books. I thought it started as a trilogy, but I think she added more characters. Because the first three books are, are about three different sisters. That's why. <laughs> um, 
but it's about a woman named Miranda who has basically been dealing with this problem since birth where she sort of starts fires. Uh, it's a paranormal slash historical slash super steampunk series. I got major like RDJ Sherlock Holmes vibes reading. Oh, you're speaking reading, my language. <laughs> uh, these books. Not only can she not control her fire powers, but she basically, uh, her family loses everything. And so she's forced to marry who is described as London's most nefarious nobleman, uh, who is a scarred, he's basically a scarred man, hence the Beauty and the Beast comparison. And he wears masks to hide his face, (laughs) which is like, I don't know why is one of those tropes that I'm just in love with. Anytime there's like a scarred duke or a scarred prince or somebody that's like fallen out of favor with society because they quote unquote think they're ugly. Um, And then they find the one person that loves them because of their scars sort of thing. That's always a trope that does it for me, but it's their love story. And the other two books, the first three books in the series are all about the, this set of sisters. So Miranda and her two sisters, and I loved it so much. They all have different powers. So that's always a fun little thing when like every, each girl has different abilities. Like one person I believe has ice powers. So it's, if you, if you're looking for something with more of a historical bent and sort of classic tropes, but wrapped up in a steampunk paranormal world, I, I would definitely pick. This I've not one read up this one sure. and you're completely ticking off all the boxes for me. I'm also a sucker for romance novels <laughs> that are basically either a retelling of beauty and the beast or phantom of the opera hot scarred dude with a mask. Yeah. Um, yeah, yep, that is my thing. I'm not going to apologize for it. And also, like, the I have if you follow <laughs> me on Twitter, you'll know that I have this, like, major problem with the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies and that I am wildly obsessed with them. So, like, the romance equivalent of that is just chef's kiss embodiment. Thank you very much. <laughs> I literally, I think at one point when I wrote my review, I said that all I wanted to do was put on the soundtrack to the Sherlock Holmes movie <laughs> while I read these books. Because it it's such a, there's such a mood Yes, if you want if you want your your steampunk and your sexy scarred hero, definitely check out Kristen Callahan's Darkest London series. And once again, Firelight is the first one. Now, if only I could get a sci-fi fantasy romance equivalent of the Man from Uncle, then our lives would be set. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't even get me started. Oh, that would, That's a whole separate that is episode. A whole other tangent. <laughs> we just do not have the time to go into. We no. will one day. I promise you. Uh, I think I'll wrap it up with this one more recommendation, which is something I don't see a lot of even in sci-fi fantasy romance, which is the romantic take on high fantasy. And C.L. Wilson is probably the best known writer of that right now, although I would also give a shout out to Grace Draven, who's wonderful. Um, but the current series that C.L. Wilson is writing is called The Weather Mages of Mistral, and the first book is called The Winter King, and it has a proper high fantasy romance cover. There's a man with a blonde mullet and suit of armor. There's a bride and a medieval wedding dress. It's beautiful and I love it. It it's is so absolutely gorgeous. gorgeous. <laughs> I want to talk about someone who knows how to do that kind of epic old school fantasy world building, but not in a way that feels stuffy or retrograde. I think C.L. Wilson really has a handle mm-hmm. on it. This is basically the kind of classic tale of the winter king and the princess of summer and fight for freedom and their wildest fantasies together. I don't want to give away too much because it is very densely packed. It's a proper... About 600 pages, I think, the edition I had was. And there is a sequel out, which I haven't read yet, but it does have a very Aquaman-esque cover, so I really need to get my hands on it. But it's such a fascinating thing to look at, because I'm not typically a reader of high fantasy in my own time. I tend to be a little bit... If it it goes over, like, 700 pages, 
and it's not a you know Victorian you know novel about hor- horrible misery and everyone dying, then I tend to not read it. Uh, but this one really had me hooked, and it was so beautifully written. It kind of reminded me of Nalini Singh in that aspect. She just has such an incredible grasp of that world, and you could imagine her just writing it on and on and on and letting it expand, and you never getting tired of it and her never running out of ideas. There's just such boundless imagination in what she does, on top of this really great kind of classical romance that still manages to feel up-to-date in its tone and in its ideas. Yeah, I think one of the things when we talk about, you know, I recommend this to people that are really into high fantasy, uh, not necessarily with a strong romantic element, because I think the world building in this is so expansive. I mean, you basically have this long war that's going on between these two kingdoms and then an arranged marriage scenario uh, that I won't go into too much detail because it's delightful. It feels old school in that way where there's this sweeping, you know, these epic stakes, but then doesn't have the problematic trappings of of an older romance that sometimes falls prey to where like murky consent issues and that kind of thing. You never doubt that both sides of the couple, once they find each other, are like fully into it, <laughs> you know? And I think it it, it is a, a, a long read, but I at no point did I feel like I was kind of trudging through it. Like I was, I honestly had to make myself stop reading it at points because I didn't want it to be over too quickly. And yes, there's a second book called The Sea King that I've heard is basically fantasy Aquaman. And then I know she's working on a third one, but that one's taking its time to get to print. So I would say don't rush. (laughs) I was like, I'm almost like, I don't want to read the sequel right away because I don't want the series to be over. So it's sitting on my bookshelf right now, just staring at me. Definitely seconding this one. C.L. Wilson, Winter King. Perfect. If you like fantasy, but also kind of are a sucker for those like like me, if you like those arranged marriage couple, you know, those tropes where the couple is kind of forced into a marriage and then have to navigate their feelings for each other within it. <laughs> I'm a sucker for that one as well. There are just so many tropes and romance that are readily available in sci-fi and fantasy in a way that you may not have necessarily expected. I'm a sucker for the Beatrice and Benedict dynamic of I hate you, I hate you, wait, why are we suddenly in love? And there's so much of that in this as well, in these in the genre. So you will not be short of recommendations. And if you want more from us, if there's a particular uh, subgenre you want or a particular kind of trope you want satisfied, hit both of us up on Twitter and we will undoubtedly have at least two or three recommendations for you. I was going to say, okay, so we should definitely close this out because we've talked long (laughs) enough and we could talk all day if we wanted to. (laughs) Um, But uh, Kaylee, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kaylian. It's spelled C-E-I-L-I-D-H-A-N-N. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane, which is spelled C-A-R-L-Y-L-A-N-E. We use the hashtag fangirlsromance usually when we're talking about all this stuff on Twitter, which is spelled like sci-fi fangirls is with that G-double-R-L-S. So if you are looking for recommendations, feel free to hit us up. You can also at Sci-Fi Fangirls on Twitter. And until next time, keep reading and get wrecked. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
friends, a time comes in everyone's life where you need to just like fick. You need to just like fick so hard. You need to get down with the thickness. And we have done that. And we have done that this week in a little segment we are proud to introduce called Fangirl Flash Fick. I think down with the thickness should be what it's called. Actually. Down with the thickness should be what it's called. Yeah. We down with the thickness took- is officially what this is called right now as of right this second. I take it all back. Friends, welcome to Down with the Fickness. Keep it all in, but keep going. We, no, keep it, keep every bit yeah. of this in. They need to know the journey that it they, took yeah, to get to Down with the Fickness. We each took 20 minutes, 20 beautiful minutes, and we wrote a approximately 300-word fic. And you voted on Twitter, and you selected the Avengers fandom and so we are now going to read some fix celebrating that fandom. But before we do, I want I want us all with so we're not reading our own. We're going to read each other's. Um but I want us all to try to guess without looking. Like I haven't looked at the one I'm reading. Try to guess who we think each other is writing about. So wait, who's reading mine again? I'm reading yours. Oh yeah, Courtney's reading right, yours. So Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm a little insulted that, Preeti, you feel, like, afraid to read mine. I'm not afraid. I think I'm not afraid. I said I would. It's fine. I get it. It's okay. There's right. no fear. <laughs> so without looking, let's try to guess who we think each other is the central character to All right. I thing. think that Cher wrote about Cap. I think she wrote about Cap. Shut up. <laughs> I, <laughs> whatever. Crazy <laughs> about Spidey. <laughs> and we'll what? See. We'll see. Either that we'll or you wrote fanfic casting Tim- Timothy Elephant as Uncle Ben. Oh, that would have been so that good. That would have been really good. Oh, that would have been really I good. Um, all right. I think Courtney either wrote about Captain Marvel or what really f- Fucking weird thing can Courtney? I think Court. I think Court wrote about Drax. That's my guess. Ooh, that's a good guess. I think if she didn't write about Captain Marvel, she wrote about like Thanos or something. All right, just gonna have to see my sweet, sweet baby ladies. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, Court. Let's let's start start with Court. With Cher. All right, I shall start with a little work. Wait, no, you're starting with mine. No, 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 no. I want to know who Courtney wrote about. So. Preeti, you start. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Do this. So let's. <laughs> let's we're, we're doing great, you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. The thickening. Down okay, with the thickness. I'm not. Down with the thickness. I've not read this. This is. So as I'm reading it, yes. this is going to be when we find out what happens. Brand new. I'm so excited. I wish that I wasn't sick so I could drink for this. This is wonderful. Doug's log. <laughs> oh, God. How did we not know that it would be. <laughs> okay. Fucking Doug. Of course it's Taika. Go. I have found myself on Sakaar, forced into gladiatordom by the Grandmaster. This is a strange place. Geometric and cold, lit like a 3.5 star hotel bar and very circular, but like in a freaky way. I have decided to keep a journal of my time in the contest of champions because all I've ever wanted is a legacy. For my name to bear meaning, for it to linger and last, bestowed upon all who follow in my wake. Not here, though. I'm not a fighter. I'm an artist. A graphic artist. I specialize predominantly in web design and didn't with some branding work. What the fuck? 
I didn't get to bring my portfolio, but I hope to get a digital one up soon on Sakar Space. I have inquired as to whether or not I can best my opponent in some manner of draw-off or maybe a logo design contest. I was told his hands are too big to hold a stylus, so I will have to utilize my brute strength and hopefully not hurt my hands, my artist hands. It's not all bad. I have made friends, Korg and Mike. They are good souls, albeit messy ones who either leak a questionable viscosity or experience a kind of pebble molting. I cherish them. I look forward to a long friendship with them in which I at no point die. What a weird thing for me to write down. (laughs) I am entering the contest of champions arena tonight and will battle the grandmaster's champion. He's very large and green and seems angry, but he has kind eyes. (laughs) Downright professorial. Oh, I'm going to fight him, win, and get the hell out of this place. And then I will help my new mate Korg design better pamphlets for the revolution. The end. That, that was wonderful. That was a fucking web designer. I can't wait for the scene to be included in Thor 4. Taika, call me. I enjoyed that. Thank you for that. Uh, that was very funny. I liked it a lot. Um, Court, why don't you read shares? Because I really want to know if I'm right or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut up. Why am I friends with you guys? (laughs) So now, A Work by Cher Martinetti. Oh, this is totally not what I thought it was going to be. All right, go ahead. They had been on the road for 236 days. (laughs) Not that anyone would admit to counting, even though they all were. Doing that would come across like complaining, and that's the last thing they would do in front of Mr. Brightside. But he was definitely keeping track. These 236 days were the most free he had felt in, well, a century. Free from expectations, responsibility, and most importantly, the public eye. He felt something different these last 236 days. Maybe it was happiness. He wasn't sure. It was just something he hadn't felt before. So he wanted to keep track of it. Remember every moment of it before they were gone, and he would have to go back to being a symbol more than a man. But for now, he was being anything but a Boy Scout. Initially, he stopped shaving so that people wouldn't notice him. But he realized soon that he was getting a different kind of attention. Especially late at night after a few too many rounds and some nameless dive at whatever city they were in. (laughs) That attention led to company for the night, which he didn't realize he needed so badly until he had it. My boy needed to get some. Oh my goodness. Initially, he felt bad, like he was leading them on. Maybe at least get their number and try to go out for a proper date or something. Then again, they rarely stayed in the same place for more than a few days. He learned shortly after that the whole outlaw mystique was practically an aphrodisiac itself. (laughs) Besides, he wasn't really himself anymore anyway. Or was he more himself now than ever? No calls, no dates. In fact, none of them even got his real name if they got a name at all. So imagine his surprise when one night in some crappy hole in the wall on a whole different continent... He heard a familiar voice recognize him and call out, Steve? (laughs) Shit, he thought. What's Peter's aunt doing here? (laughs) Shut up! Oh my god! Oh my god, God. please don't, like, delete out me dying in the background. I I love it so much. (laughs) Oh my god! OTP! OTP! 
I will Ugh. make them bone, you with even if it's only in my fan fiction. Yes. Steve needs to get some. Yes. <laughs> and he's getting a lot in this alternate universe. I'm here for America. Okay. The thickening. Preeti Chibber edition. What? This is her. This is her edition. Oh, the thickening. Down with the thickness. The bell dings and Scott looks up from his seat behind the counter of a coffee shop. Finally, it's been a dead day. So really, any interruption of the boredom would be welcome. The most interesting thing that happened so far is a single ant has escaped from his science project. Auntie was wily. It took him 10 minutes to get the little dude back into the farm. He's not technically supposed to have the hazard of an ant farm in the shop, but who is he if not a rebel, a punk, a procrastinator who waited too long to do his project and now needed to make up a week's worth of observations in a single work shift? So the bell dings. He pulls himself up from where he was slouched over the wooden grain of the surface, absentmindedly rubbing at some random sticky spot on his elbow. He opens his mouth. Sorry, it says his opens. I'm like, wait, what? It's okay. <laughs> he opens his mouth to speak and just stalls. The girl standing in front of him cannot possibly be a real human who exists on this planet. With her fierce eyes and short, dark bob, he isn't sure he wants to smile at her, at him. If he, he isn't sure if he wants her to smile at him or push him down. Damn, Preeti. He's staring. <laughs> he knows he's staring, but he can't stop. Hello? Oh, no, it's getting weird. Uh, hi, can I help you drink something with your mouth today? <laughs> there it is. There's Preeti. <laughs> <laughs> what she takes a step back like his awkwardness is contagious get back on script lang i mean welcome to coffee talk would you like to try a mega mocha chaka frappuccino he deadpans his way through managerial talking points god let this be over soon she's just so pretty he can feel the blood moving up into his cheeks he swears Oh, yeah, thank you. I mean, no, not that drink. That sounds terrible. She pauses and looks at the board behind him before coming back down to meet his eyes. You have an ant on your face. Auntie, no! (laughs) (laughs) I think it's suffice to say that every single one of these is very fucking on brand for every single one of us. (laughs) Oh my God, I love us. You know what this means? I think this means that we're going to have to do a second installment of all these. Oh, 100%. But like, should we now do a second installment in our own or should we swap and do a second installment on each other's? Like we write each other's sequels? Yes. Let's let's discuss. I was going to say my sequel apparently is just May and Cap fucking. So (laughs) she's like, I'm down with that. I'm into it. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that. Good times. With that, we are going to take a quick break and we are going to come back with a very special all Shiro wrap up. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As with every episode, we want to celebrate the good, the great, the best. It's time for our Shiro of the Week. This week, we're celebrating Toni Morrison. 
Fangirls writer Stephanie Williams wrote a beautiful piece about this loss of an icon. In it, she says, Toni Morrison was in a league of her own. She was a black American novelist, essayist, editor, teacher, professor emeritus at Princeton University, and most importantly, a beacon of light to so many black women for whom she was a constant champion. Imagine your very first published novel was The Bluest Eye, and then you followed it, follow it up with Sula, the power that has, the power it still has. Morrison never pulled punches when it came to her written works or the words she spoke. She proudly reminded those who questioned her writing lens that she was writing for black women, making sure our experiences were not only shared, but humanized. You can find a link to the full piece on sci-fi.com. Well, there's no um, useless mail or reviewer of the week this week. So that's pretty much it for us this week. So thanks for listening. And as always, you can leave us some love on iTunes. It helps support and promote the show. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Sci-Fi Fangirls Pod. I'm the Shareness on Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Run with Skizzers. And I'm at Court on the one Twitter and Courtney on the one Instagram. And until next time, speak geek like a girl. Yeah.